Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fighting on Film. Uh, this week, a show and tell, which is our format where we look at a couple of films that we've watched recently and discuss whether we want to cover it in a main episode. Yeah. So, Rob, do you want me to go first this week, or do you want to go first? I don't mind. You can go first if you like, mate. Okay, so a little while back, I I was watching Geronimo, an American legend, mm. um, and I did a live tweet over on Twitter, at Fighting on Film, if you aren't already following us. Please do. And really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, 1993 stars uh, Wes Studi as... Uh, Geronimo himself. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of came across it when we just after we'd done our uh, last of the Mohicans episode with Jonathan. Yeah, Peggs. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you always go off and after we do these recordings, you go off and you sort of delve a little deeper into an actor or a period yeah, exactly. of history, and you always find a film that you go, "Oh, I can learn something from that." And it's it's like a little strand, isn't it? Exactly. And 
I'd never seen this movie. I'd never even heard of it. I had no idea. It came up, and I think it was on Netflix. It came up in my suggestions and spotted uh, Wes Studi in the you know, the thumb, thumbnail. I thought, okay, cool. This looks pretty good. Um, so, you know, when you say like Geronimo, you might think, oh, it's a Western. It is a Western, but really it's a, a film about the Apache Wars. So right. it is fighting on film. And it's a really uh, interesting depiction of uh, the US cavalry in the 1880s, which is relatively rare. Mm. And when it when it is done, largely in films like from the 40s, 50s, sometimes the 60s, US cavalry are always in those like blue uniforms, they're pristine with their little yellow neckerchiefs and the little Stetson hats. And yep. they're all armed with Winchester 1894s. And it's very rare that you see a depiction as interesting as this one. So the film opens with a band of Chiricahua Indians, Native Americans being rounded up by Gene Hackman, who plays, um, I think his name is General Miles. Right. General Crook. Um, Miles replaces uh, Gene Hackman halfway through the movie as the, the commanding officer. Um, the, the, the film follows the last campaigns of Geronimo and his band of Chiricahua uh, as they are basically the last holdouts against going onto a reservation. It's towards the, the end of the Indian Wars, the Great Plains Wars, and uh, Geronimo leads this band of about 40 braves. And it's left to a young, a very young uh, Matt Damon, Jason Patrick, and Robert Duvall oh, wow. to sort of track him down and bring him in. It's a great cast. So it's a really good cast. Mm. Jason Patrick plays this really soft-spoken um, lieutenant, and Matt Damon's sort of like a young, fresh, fresh off the the boat sort of second lieutenant who's just joined the, I think it's Sixth Cavalry. Right. I think it might be. Anyway, so the film begins with this band being rounded up, and it's this really interesting set piece where. Um, it shows a squadron of U.S. cavalry basically attacking um, an Indian camp. Gene Hackman is great in this scene because he he sort of like trots up and he's holding Colt Single Action Army. Very cool. He gives the order advanced car- advanced carbines and they all draw their carbines out of out of their like saddle. Nice. And they all trot forward. It's a, it's a it's a very nicely shot scene. And there's some really nice cinematography in the film. Um, it's on I would say it's on a par to be honest with Last of the Mohicans it's Ooh. completely saying like Arizona yeah Mexico so it's not the, the the lush beautiful forests it's the deserts those big expansive gorgeous sort of like um, landscapes that are really really beautiful and the film follows Geronimo and him trying to evade the, the US cavalry and he's yeah. eventually uh, brought in and it becomes a little bit of a, a tragic story in that it highlights the way that the US government treated the, the natives. Mm. And it becomes really powerful. The end shows them um, on a train to a prison camp in, in Florida. Blimey. You know? And along the way, there's, there's lots of set pieces and uh, a few gunfights. Some really... Um, really cool scenes where an Indian brave challenges Jason Patrick to a, a, a one-on-one fight. Wow. He charges forward and Jason Patrick has his, his horse sort of lie down and he takes his carbine 
and he shoots the brave as he's galloping towards him. Oh. So he uses his horse as cover. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Based on um, a book by uh, Britton Davis, who was Matt Damon's um, character. Okay. And he basically wrote a biography of Geronimo and he was associated with Geronimo um, during this period where he, Geronimo initially surrendered, was brought into the, the reservation and then became bored and, and angered by the way that the, the Americans were treating his people um, because they were just forced to be corn farmers right? You know, on a reservation. This film is really quite powerful. I really enjoyed yeah, it. I was I, quite surprised. I mean, I saw you live tweeting. By Walter Hill, who directed um, stuff like The Warriors and oh, wow. 48 Hours and, and stuff wow, like that. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, great little fact. Really good. I didn't know that, The Warriors. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, prob- it apparently wasn't a super successful movie. Right. Um, didn't do great at the box office, which is a bit of a surprise because it's got a great cast. Mm. Everyone's really on form. Robert Duvall's great in it. Gene Hackman's money. Um, Jason Patrick plays a very softly spoken lieutenant, mm. but his character is really interesting because you can see sort of he's an instrument of the US government yep. and he doesn't like it. So yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I'd, I'd recommend it. I I think it'd be a great one to cover on the pod. Yeah, I saw you live uh, tweeting on it. And some of the like the 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 sequences you were showing on the like imagery and the the pictures of the cinematography that I saw I was like wow this movie looks brilliant and sometimes these films just fall through the cracks and you never really work out why you know perhaps you know it's always just you never know if a film's going to hit or not but it it looked like an absolute belter I mean I'll definitely sit down and watch it one night yeah the, I mean the the pacing um, isn't bad mm. either I thought okay maybe this will drag a little bit because it it gets a little confusing. There's some bits where it gets a bit confusing. It's trying to tell the the narrative of, you know, the real story of Geronimo. Yeah. And there's bits where he says he's going to surrender, but then doesn't surrender. And it, the, the way the film handles some of that is a little bit confusing. But really, really interesting movie. Mm. And, there's some, and I assume, you know, being the resident firearms expert, I assume there's some great little, great weapons on display as well. Yeah, there is. There's some good stuff. And it's all, which is really refreshing, period correct. There's nothing Beautiful. ahistorical in there. Yes. So all the Winchesters are the correct Winchester oh. for the period. None of them are like 1894s when they should be 86s or whatever. Mm. That kind of thing. Um, yeah, there's a lovely... There's something about army service revolvers at that time. Something about them. They just have such a good look. Yeah, Jason Patrick's character even has a, a Remington 1875, which is a Ooh. very cool revolver. Really nice. Um, there's a great scene where Wes Studi has a sharps rifle. Right. And he takes this super long-range shot at a posse that are chasing them. He shoots a, a, a drinking uh, vessel out of this um, yeah. posse member's hand. Really cool scene. Really nice. I love a sharps rifle. Something about them. I mean, I think the, all these weapons are back in popularity because of the Red Dead redemption games yeah exactly um, yeah so now maybe it'd fare a little better but no, I just something about western era that late western era sort of weaponry so yeah and there's so many cool. films that yeah. we could cover from we really could that deal with the indian wars um most of them really badly yeah that's, you know, that's really, that yeah really historically inaccurate movies um that we could cover on the pod but this would be a great place to start with one that seems to do everything mm. quite well yeah and well let us know what you think, guys. If you think you'd want us to hear an episode on that, we always love to hear what you guys think. 
about these show and tell episodes, whether you've seen the movies or you'd like us to go into them in more depth. So for me, this this show and tell episode, I a few weeks ago, you might remember, it might even be months ago by the time this one goes out, um, we did a live on uh, World War II TV um, with Woody about The Great Escape, and that was with the, the fantastic Mary Waters as well, which, um, at Rentaquil on Twitter. She's she's great. Um, and we, you know, we talked about Steve McQueen, things like that. So after that, I had a bit of a McQueen binge. I watched some of his late work. I watched some of his early work. And then I came across Hell is for Heroes, the, the 1962 World War II film that he did. Um, and it was such an interesting film because I hadn't seen Steve McQueen in a sort of... See, this is another weird Steve McQueen movie where he isn't really the main character. He's just sort of there. Um, and he doesn't really... He has a lot to do, but he doesn't have a lot of lines. He's playing like a damaged veteran soldier who's seen some stuff and probably done some stuff that's really affected him and he doesn't want to fight because he's been he's been stripped of his rank and he's just a bit damaged and then the plot of the movie is really the production of the movie is really interesting because it's a robert pirosh film who we know from go for broke and battleground and he writes the movie he's really instrumental in he's going to be directing it as well as writing then the studio get involved. They don't like what he's written. Um, it, it, to the studio, it was a, too much like Gregory Peck's Pork Chop Hill. And they veto a lot of things in the script. They change a lot of things. It's he- so interesting because it doesn't, like, when I watched it, I, well, it must be a few years now, mm. but none of it really seems very Pork Chop Hilly to me. So they must have done a massive That's rewrite. Big cut. It was meant to be called Separation Hill, apparently. Um, okay. Yeah, apparently it was, it was based like on his unit in the battle of bulge, perhaps some little like more, right. more personal mo- movie perhaps. Right. Um, and there was a really bad budget. Isn't tree. it set in Italy? No, it's set in Germany. Siegfried line set on the Siegfried line. Oh, right. Of course. Um, yeah. And there was loads of pro- trouble on set. So the, mm-hmm. the budget ran out and the, the, uh, I think it's Warner brothers who put it out. Oh, sorry. Paramount pictures actually. Um, Paramount pictures didn't want to put any more money into the production. So they had issue with blanks um steve mcqueen didn't like some of the bits that he was in so he got involved and it was all like a big issue and then because of the budgetary constraints the movie just ends so there's a massive so the plot of the movie roughly is this unit go up to the line and they're on a bit of the siegfried line that's being held at one end by the germans and they're on the other bit of the line and they quickly they look around and they're like oh my gosh we're the only guys here and it's like a platoon strength that are holding the line. So they have to deceive the Germans to make them think that there's more of them. So they, they get a Jeep and they rev it around and drive it around and like do something to the engine. So it might sound like tanks in a, in the distance. Yeah. They um, realize that the Germans are tapping their phone, phone lines. So they get Bob Newhart, the comedian who's in, who's in his first film role to sort of yammer some stuff back and forth. That's complete hogwash. Um, and it's sort of like count like sort of them trying to sort of survive the night, survive the forty eight hours before the the, the the reinforcements arrive. And then the movie ends. I guess with, that's a little bit pork chop hill. A little bit pork chop hill. 
and then they have a massive um, attack, full frontal attack at the end, um, massed infantry attack that just seems to go a bit wrong. Um, you know, I won't go into what happens to McQueen's character and stuff, it's a bit spoilery, but there's a big set piece at the end with McQueen and the movie just ends. And it is such an interesting end to a war film where it cuts right at the climax. But and I really, and I enjoyed that. I, re- I thought it was a really tight little movie. James Coburn's in it. Yeah, as I said. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Bob Newhart, Bobby Darin, um, directed by Don. Bobby Darin's it. I yeah. forgot Bobby Darin's yeah. in that. So but, that, that obviously was intended to be a big movie. Of because course, you've got yeah. Coburn, Bobby Darin, Newhart, mm. McQueen. And it's in 62. So it's, it's before Great Escape. But it's just about when McQueen's picking up his big sort of traction in his career. So it's interesting to, for him to see another, to him to being in a, another sort of war movie, you know, and he's got his jacket, he's wearing an M41 field jacket, looking cool. He's got an M3 grease gun, gun with jungle mags, which he keeps having to have to reload because the blank's not cycling properly. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Which becomes kind of like a weird feature of the movie, doesn't it? That, yeah. The reloads. Everyone's there, having issues. And stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's an it's a good film, solid. I think it's a solid film. It's an interesting plot. It's definitely lots to talk about. And if I if you like McQueen, if you like early sixties cinema with McQueen in it, I mean you, you can go wrong. So I'd recommend Tennis for Heroes. It must be a good few years since I saw it last. Yeah, I do remember it being interesting and quite good actually. He's very he's very almost sultry in it, isn't he? He's sulky. Yeah, he does sulk. And then at the end, he has this sort of, he rallies a bit and he becomes mm. more of a hero. You can Yeah, he's very moody in that one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. Definitely one to cover, I think, that one. They talk about how he was a, a former sergeant and, and he was mm. court-martialed and perhaps it was something really bad or perhaps it was something gallant. I can't remember what exactly he did get court-martialed for. Um, mm. But it's definitely an interesting film. It's You can tell it's Pirosh because it's men in combat and how mm, mm. combat affects them and it's a little bit more it's less about the it's more about the men in war than rather than the actual war in it's about the actual men's experiences but as as, as we said earlier it's, it would be nice to see the pirosh version of the film um because i was expecting something akin to battleground and at times it's doing that but then at times it's trying to be a Hollywood blockbuster machine gun bullets hitting the floor with dust coming up and men running yeah. full frontal. It's, it's definitely bunkers. a darker movie than Battleground, I would say. Yeah, I think so. With the way that um, McQueen's dealing with things, you know, he's he's clearly processing something snapped what in his the head. War has done to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the way they sort of, I mean, so we might as well mention it is a spoiler, but the way the way they kill him off. Sorry, I spoiled your honour for everyone. <laughs> the, the way they quite for sixty two at least the way they kill off McQueen's character. So he's attacking the bunker, mm. and he gets a satchel charge from somewhere, and everyone's getting gunned down by this MG forty two in, in the bunker, and it's they're all running at it, and it's really you know giving everyone a bad day. So McQueen plucks up the courage to throw the satchel charge at the bunker and blow it up. Yeah, but as he's going, he gets hit a few times, and it, it the satchel chard bounces off the emplacement, and it doesn't go where he wants it. So he he gets the courage to go and throw it into the vision slit of the, the MG forty two gunners have, um, and it explodes. But as it explodes, it obviously kills McQueen, and you get a really nice shot of him 
cowering, waiting for the explosion, knowing that it's going to kill him. And the shot's quite nice. It's overlaid, an overlaid explosion, but it looks really good because it takes the whole screen up. Yeah. And then I think, and it's about five minutes after that, the movie just ends. And you're like, oh, okay. It's showing you that he maybe is just like one man in in the whole grand scheme of the war and what he did was Mm, brave, mm. but the battle continues. That's sort of, that's what I got from it. I think it's quite a brave way to end a film. Now it might get lauded, and I don't know if it got lauded at the time, but definitely one to dive into. When yeah, it comes I think to it'd it, be one for more explanation. Yeah. And there's some there's some good alley in there, you know. There's a few. There's a flamethrower, you know. There's there's grease guns. Yeah, there is. The sash recharge is an interesting inclusion because mm. they're not featured in a lot of films. No, they're not. And it's nice mm. to see grease guns. I think that's show and tell for this week, everyone. Let us know if you've seen Geronimo or Hellas for Heroes. We'd love to know. As always, like, share and subscribe, like we always say. Follow us on the Twitter. You can support us on Patreon. We'd absolutely love it if you consider doing so. Um, share the podcast with friends as well. That'd be yeah. really great. Help us spread the word about the show. That would help us reach more people. Um, we definitely appreciate that. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, please do. And hit the notification bell so you don't miss any new future episodes. Have a great week, whatever you're up to, and we'll see you again. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.